This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Before we continue, one of the ways we keep all of our content for you, the listener, free of charge is our amazing sponsors. And today, Anchor is one of those sponsors. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcasts right from your phone or computer. Anchor is going to distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and everywhere podcasts are listened to. And you can even make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.com. FM to get started. You're tuning in to the online broadcast network, AfterBuzz TV. Over 20 million weekly downloads in over 150 countries, and your number one source for after show entertainment. TV, the destination for TV superfans, producing aftershows for over 300 of your favorite TV shows, interviewing celebrities and showrunners, and bringing you behind-the-scenes exclusives. All thanks to E! Entertainment's Maria Menounos, producer Kevin Undergaro, and internet leader Akamai. Now, let the buzz begin! Good evening, AfterBuzzers. We are here at the AfterBuzz TV studios discussing everything American Horror Story Season 4. I am your host for the evening, David Scafaliti, joined this week by, to my left, Pega Rad. Hi, everyone. Jeff Thurm. Hello, hello. Was that right? Yes. Okay, good. Well done. And Oriana Leah. <laughs> Hi, guys. Oh, Jillian and Sarah couldn't make it tonight. Jillian had a, a family emergency, so... Our thoughts and prayers are out with her and her mm-hmm. family, and Sarah had to work. <laughs> this was episode five, titled Pink Cupcakes. Double entendre. Yeah. I don't see the double entendre, but whatever. I think it works. I think it works. Yeah. Um, even if there was only the single. Maybe it's a triple entendre. Maybe. There were two pink cupcakes. Oh. So the go. third was, <laughs> Very good. Yeah, I'm getting too deep in Welcome this. Welcome to the show. <laughs> Welcome to the show. Um, it was one of our gorier episodes. Yes. It's about time. It's about time. I, I did um, cover my eyes a couple times. No, you did I actually did, believe it or not. It when? The hand breaking. Okay. That, to, that, that was, was the worst. Much, yeah. I, you can kind of imagine. I can't imagine getting st- stabbed, but I can imagine having someone break my hands. I don't know why. Was that on par with the the eye scooping from last? Oh season? my god! Yes, oh my yes. But I think oh. I watched that. I think you watched that too. I don't remember. <laughs> I enjoyed it. What do you? Was there, did you guys avert your eyes for anything today? Uh I think the stabbing. Yeah, mm. for sure. I think the handbreaking was the loudest I screamed this mm. episode. But or nothing, this- nothing's beating when uh, Twisty's mask came off for the very first time. Oh, yeah, oh yeah, yeah. That was the loudest mm. I've been so far. Okay. Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I had I started laughing during the stabbing. <laughs> it was more because of Pega's reaction oh, yeah. to. <laughs> he was so hot. Yes. <laughs> no, then, no, no. The best part of Pega goes, "No, he was so hot." And then David has uncontrollable laughter. What the heck are you thinking? It's the best reaction. It was heartbreaking. It was How long really was he in this episode? 
two minutes. Scenes, yeah, minutes. Scene and not a half. enough. Not enough. Um, but we will get to that. <laughs> yes, we <Yeah>. will. <laughs> so the beginning of the episode, Stanley and Esmeralda are at this gala for the modern mutations. Um, yeah. And where I'm a little confused. I don't know if you guys are as well, but as to whether or not that was real, because we're led to believe that it's something that's actually happening, but then later on in the episode, it seems like it was just... Like a well, fantasy. Esmeralda does say that's a nice fantasy, right? When he's explaining about the seal boy, and but they haven't unveiled the twins yet. That's the thing is that they just unveiled the seal boy. Right. They cut to, and she goes, "That's a nice fantasy," but I thought it was like a flash forward and then a flash back, and then we're in present time. I don't know. I thought it was a flash back in the very beginning of the episode, and we were kind of getting into a deeper dive as to why Esmeralda and them were even in but, right. at the freak show. Right. That's where I was as well. But then when dots. And Dot and Bet's heads were revealed, and well, then that, that part I so think confused. was also really confusing because you know we hear Esmeralda saying that's a nice fantasy, but then later on in the episode we see Dot and Bet, and he's explaining why one doesn't look as good as the other, or why they have a little bit of damage, and then we have that whole scene with the pupcakes and and mm-hmm. Bet dying, yeah, and that was all made up fantasy. Yeah, I mean I knew it couldn't be real. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And like they can't get rid of her that soon into the season, yeah. but but I it's think American it just, Horror Story. You never know. Yeah, you never so know. Like, actually, maybe. can't get too attached. <laughs> I mean, we're kind of halfway through. Yeah, almost halfway almost. through. Almost. Oh, we're halfway already? through the first chunk because they like yeah. they, they kind of leave us hanging over Christmas yeah. for a mm-hmm. couple weeks. I think. I was kind of excited for Bet and Dot to be done because I thought it was like such a risky move, and yeah. I was like, "Way to go! Like you're going kind of balls to the wall with the season." Yeah. And then they backed out, and it's like, "Oh, you chickened out." Like, yeah. Go for it. Make us make something drastic happen. Well, it might. I mean, we'll get to it later when we see what happen. What's going to end up happening with them? So. You never we'll know. See. You never know. Things can still happen. It's mm-hmm. Still kind of early. But I think kind we, of we're safe in saying that. All of that was a fantasy of Stanley's. Right. This is what he really wants to happen because he'll have a huge payday. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Stanley's demise is coming soon. I'm sure of it. Um, if not through <coughs> Esmeralda, maybe through Elsa. Mm-hmm. Only because he's sort of this con artist and he's there and he comes to her and he's like... She's curious as to whether which studio he works with, and he's like, I work with TV. And there was a time, um, up until recently, I want to say, that being on television as opposed to being on film or in movies, there was like a big taboo to be like a TV actor as opposed right. to like a mm-hmm. movie actor. Um, and only recently did you start seeing movie actors moving into television and being able to do that crossover stuff. I think it's a great topic. It is a great topic. Because in entertainment, it's a really big deal. I mean, recently we're seeing these huge movie names move into television and it's giving television huge Oscar winners. It's giving TV the cred that it's really never had. And Mm -hmm. not to mention, we're seeing big time actors doing 
like sprint TV commercials. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Right. There's no commercial acting work anymore because the celebs are taking over. And you used to used only to have celebrities overseas doing commercials. Because work, it was right. so taboo. Right. You wouldn't want to cheapen yourself to do a commercial. And yeah. now, I mean, all bets are off. All bets right. are off. That's where the paycheck is these days. I know. They're taking our paychecks, though. <laughs> I know. I mean, at first you had, like, obviously the Matthew McConaughey's on the HBO and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And before mm-hmm. that, you know, you even had you know, Robin Williams or, or Halle Berry. But this season you even have, like, Viola Davis and Octavia Spencer mm-hmm. doing TV. Yes. And that's mm-hmm. a network TV, TV shows. Mm-hmm. You know, before you have Scandal with Carrie Washington, and I love her. But then you have, like, this new reinvention of Scandal with... Uh, with how to get away with murder, right? And it's oh. and it's not cable; it's regular yeah, network, exactly. which is wild. Mm-hmm. I, like, I like writing it. I like the commentary. I like the throwback. I do too. Being like, exactly. I'd rather be burned in hot oil. Than yeah, I do television. too. Because people sometimes forget that that was a thing. Oh, a lot of people sure. who aren't in the entertainment industry don't realize that. Yeah. So I really enjoyed that. And there's a great moment. saying too that says, um, "Movies will make you famous, but TV makes you rich." Yes, and so a lot of so I think that the movie actors are starting to figure that out. But Elsa <laughs> herself, Elsa. I mean, she's not making any money at the freak show. Only just lately are people showing up. But we yeah. saw even from last season, Elsa has this sort of air to herself, an idea of who she thinks she is, as a lot of performers do. But sorry, her vanity is unreal. It like is. Her, yeah. What she thinks of herself, you're just kind of like, you would have, I would have thought that having this horrible tragedy happen to her with her legs being sawed off in that snuff film would have affected her sense of vanity and sense of self. Well, she's but in it, complete yeah. denial about her legs. Right? She's in denial about everything. Her age? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Excuse like, me. Sorry. I'm sick, you guys. I'm coughing every once in a while, so yeah. please excuse me for that. But it's, she's clearly intimidated by Bet and Dot. You know, mm-hmm. she's afraid that they're going to take over, you know, as the headliner. They were afraid, she was afraid of that. Now she's seeing them in the car, you know, on the way to have their own TV show and we're getting this, you know, whole fear of her aging and yep. you know, Vandy at, at risk again. Which well, Stanley is sort of looking for the biggest payday, as we see, and he sort of realizes that with Bet and Dot being the anomaly that they are, that that is going to be his biggest payday. Right. And so he brings them out, which is where we see Elsa, her like getting ready, and she's like, "I'm getting ready for my." Publicity stills. That's totally not her accent. My version of Jessica Lang without the accent. Mm-hmm. Um, and then she sees them in the car, and they're going on a picnic. And we, I don't know where I was going with this. Well, we just we get that. we see her we, and her reaction. Yes, right. right? And we you. know, and like the thoughts start, you know, start turning in her head about how she's going to take care of this situation. Or how she's going to get rid of them. I love the commentary, just to go back to Elsa, when she said that she said that television was the death of art and civilization. I was just going to bring that down. I love that commentary, because just as much as we see film, you know, becoming more, you know, I don't know how to explain it, TV becoming more like film. And film becoming more like like TV. Right? (laughs) I think that for many years people really thought that. And maybe we still do. I mean, I apologize to Kardashian fans, but... I was just going to say... Reality TV. Reality TV is the death of art and civilization. I was going to ask you, what does Elsa think of Kim Kardashian? That's literally the question. (laughs) (laughs) She she despises her and is terribly jealous. Yeah. Right? Of all the fame. Yeah. Of course. Elsa will have her own sex tape. She already, already did, does. Though. Oh, she true. was a porn star. She's several. Well, 
Now, Elsa goes back and sings Life on Mars again. Yes. Was that on purpose? Because the lyrics, Mm -hmm. something with, I wrote it down, um, she's hooked to the silver screen, but the film is a saddening bore. So it's like, hmm. Mm -hmm. And to sing the same song, I was really expecting a new number. Yeah. I know. You guys are all very disappointed. Yeah. I I was disappointed, but you know what? From a production standpoint... Um, they didn't have to pay for the rights again to that song, so they mm-hmm. saved yeah. some money. Um, and it's kind of a throwback to the first time we see her singing the song. She's in all her glory, mm-hmm. juxtaposed with this time she's singing it, and people are throwing popcorn on her, and she's getting booed off the mm-hmm. stage, and like her you sort of see beat. her crumble. I have to say, too, I felt a little bit vindicated because last episode... I was talking about how I know the crowd is going to turn on them at any moment again. Mm-hmm. Like, they're also happy about Jimmy, but I'm like, I don't believe these people. They're so happy that he, you know, caught the bad guy or whatever. Um, but, you know, as soon as this, this show doesn't go the way, the way they want it, they're going to throw their... Yeah. You have to think about the audience that's there. They, they've come to see a freak show, and then all of a sudden there's this woman in a blue suit, blue eyeshadow, singing this song about someone on Mars. Boo. Right? Yeah. yeah. Little do they know, she's probably the craziest person there. <laughs> <laughs> totally. And probably the most interesting. Oh, you know what was great was the song Fame, when yes. Elsa was walking out, yeah, was really good. ready for her close-up. Yes. Loved that. Great choice. Great choice. Great, great choice. Great use of mirrors in this episode, too. Yeah. To go from, you know, her vanity, there's how many, 12 mirrors of all her, and then later with the use of Bet and Dot, Mm -hmm. they shot really interestingly. So there's there's a lot of smart choices that, you know, the show is very good at, but I think this episode is the first time we're really seeing, like, a great use of music, Mm -hmm. great use of, you know, bringing back a song she already sang, great use of mirrors, filming, so... American Horror Story is coming back for me. I was I was a little afraid. I was Definitely. A little afraid. I feel like to. it's like this every season. It yeah. takes a little while for you to get into it, but once you're into it, you're in it to win it. Mm-hmm. It just takes a second. I mean, they're still introducing characters. I know. They're still <laughs> announcing people. I know, because yeah. they're not done filming. I mean, that's the thing. But, you know, they always do a really great job, and I'm really excited about it. And that scene with Bet and Dot, where Bet was in one mirror and Dot was in the other, thought was... Brilliant. Mm-hmm. No, brilliant. and you called it. You yeah. were like, brilliant! Yes. <laughs> exactly. yes, it was. So cool. With Elsa standing in the mirror and talking to them how she wants to be their mentor. I mean, she's making this shit up, but she's going to take them into town. And I like how she said, um, it, it came off as being odd when she says, you're going to take, give them, what did she say? I wrote it down. Something about like a private, you know, covert, whatever the words were. Uh, fitting, and I'm like, mm-hmm. you use oh, two yeah. adjectives for private and secret. Why? Like, why would a fitting with a seamstress doesn't not need to be secret? Well, yeah. they're an attraction, right? Yeah, they're going to turn seamstress- heads in in town. I was well, so my thinking was if she set up a covert <laughs> and private appointment with the seamstress, wouldn't the seamstress just come to them? Right, like mm-hmm. that. If, She's Maybe being such a sneak, <laughs> but that's where like Dot and Bet. I guess it's more Bet's vanity. I thought seamstress may have meant mm. someone else that'll like chop and sew in other ways oh, than creating a dress, what? as in chopping her head oh. off. If Elsa, mm, we'll say pr- predictions. You save it. Yeah. Write it down so you don't yeah, forget. Yeah. Okay. But I like where you're going with that. No, but you're right. I, I hadn't thought about going into town and needing a discreet and private fitting. Yeah, I was thinking more like bring the lady in. I feel like in the fifties, it would be hard to get. A traveling seamstress. Mm-hmm. It'd be easier <laughs> to, the to go to them. <laughs> <laughs> now well, that you mention it. Yeah. 
We have to put it in in perspective sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What? No, no, I'm just waiting for the no, next if, no, if she was really being taken to a seamstress, <laughs> the seamstress would come to them. It's, but Bet and Dodge just can't think that way. Well, I mean, they were very cloistered growing up. I mean, they stayed yeah, they inside. Don't know the they don't know yeah. Yeah, exactly. ass from their elbow. Because I'm just, I, no, you're obviously, you're like, right. I'm thinking about this. I'm like, if you were wealthy enough to have someone come and make you your own clothes, like, the seamstress or the tailor would come to you. No. I mean, I guess if you're wealthy Fan, enough. Fan, you're wealthy. Yeah, if Dandy was doing a fitting. Taylor would come to him. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? Okay. Um, interesting turn for Esmeralda tonight. Mm-hmm. In the beginning of the episode, when she's talking with Stanley, she's talking about how she wants 5% more if she's going to mm-hmm. have to live with them. Um, and yet, when she's talking to Jimmy, and she's like, let me read your palm, and she tells him... Again, the same sort of spiel that she gave Elsa to let her realize that Stanley's coming, whatever, their whole con. She sort of warns him to leave. Yeah. Well, I think she cares about him. I think I think it kind of seemed like she was saying that I want 5% more because I have to live with them to kind of keep her cover hmm. that she hates yeah. them. But who is she covering for? Is she covering for the fact that she still wants money, but it, then she's covering with Jimmy to try and get him out of town because she cares for him on a personal level? Well, if Stanley knew that she cared, like, he might not trust her. Right. So she has to say, I need more money because I have to live with those freaks. But in fact, hmm. she's looking out at least for Jimmy. What do you guys think? I mean, that's all she really has is is this whole gimmick thing, this whole scam. She right. doesn't have a real talent. You know, this is she's banking on this money that we know of. So, yeah, it's kind of like do whatever I can to keep this gig and make my money and leave. Gotta make that paper. I feel I felt genuinely like she was warning Jimmy. Yeah. Like she cares about him. She cares about him and not enough to like not enough to smooch him. To make out with him. Yeah. Yeah. That was disappointing. Did you guys want that kiss? I didn't. Yeah. Really? I did. I wanted it to go further. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, you wanted to see those lobster claws? Yeah, I wanted to see them in action. <laughs> I did. Well, I mean, we saw we sort of saw them in action tonight. We yeah, I mean, we went Desiree. for Desiree. Oh. I mean, we were all kind of horrified (laughs) (laughs) to say the least we were a little surprised by this the scene between jimmy and desiree um and jimmy's sort of like still being hung up on meep's death i'm like wondering when he's gonna like build a bridge oh um he's got a lot of inner turmoil right now he's got a lot of emotions he's trying to let those emotions out on the closest woman yeah i feel like mommy issues for sure well, well yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he, he... Okay. So... <laughs> break it down. I'm going to break it down for you what went on in my head. He goes down to give Desiree uh, the lobster claw. And then he's covered in blood. And from what we perceive of Desiree up until this point, we think that she has a penis as well as a vagina. So my first thought is that she cut her penis off. When I saw all the blood, <laughs> did anyone else think that, or was it just me? Not that it was cut off, because I don't think the lobsters are that sharp. No, she cut it off herself, oh, and then did. when she went down, you like reopened oh, the scab. Yeah, I did not yeah. even think of that. Yeah. No. I just thought that those Nobody? are some. I was with you when you said that in the room, but I mm-hmm. didn't think that myself. Yeah. Okay. Um. I was not thinking that at all. I was just thinking, really? like, maybe the lobster claws are anatomically 
odd and she's anatomically odd and so there's something happened there that like didn't match yeah but i mean <laughs> i don't know well i mean something happened she had a miscarriage yeah as we find out that she has an enlarged clitoris as and is in fact 100 percent oh yes yeah, she is she's a real woman she's a real lady it's amazing how With powerful that information was for her. Mm-hmm. She had said she'd never been to a doctor. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? I mean, and a lot Ethel of these people, her. most of them, a lot of these yeah. quote unquote freaks have never been to the doctor. They've mm-hmm. never had a normal. And God bless this doctor yeah. because he's semi-retired and he's so compassionate and he treated, he's been treating Ethel, you know, yeah. and like, I think it's wonderful that there's this like compassionate character that takes care of them. I don't know if it'll still happen after Oof. broken hands. Well, I know. It's really sad. It is really sad. Actually, what happened to the doctor? Um, Del. Del. Oh, Ruining the day again. Del. It's just an angry, angry... He just wants it all. Angry, closeted... I'm man. really confused about Del. Like, I am too. He is too. So, I mean, a lot of things <laughs> yeah. are making more sense to me in my head. And Pega actually called this before we even started screening, before the two of y'all showed up. Um, <laughs> Pega and I were sitting down. She was eating her dinner, and she was talking about how she thought Del was going to be gay. Yeah. Mm. And I was like, no way. And wow. as it turns out, we saw Del tonight in this sort of underground... Gay, bar? sexy club. Sexy, I don't yeah. know burlesque bar. Yeah. What would you call it? I mean, because they had like go-go dancers, but I guess they were prostitutes. <laughs> I was a little confused by the club, but whatever. He's in this club, and he's talking to um, Andy, played by Matt Bomber, who we all love, mm-hmm. and Ryan has a relationship through the normal heart, whatever. Um, and it was actually a really touching scene for me. I don't know about for, for Del, you guys. Or for just the scene in general. Just the scene in general. I mean, Del, we saw a little bit more of a, of a human yeah. side to him as opposed to this like angry strong man kind of deal going on. Right. Cause, so much confusion. Yeah. Because mm-hmm, yeah. I feel like a, a lot of um, closeted men, you know, with all the pent up energy, not being able to kind of express yourself, be yourself. So... I feel like some of that might be some of the anger that we see in him so much. Mm, so I okay. feel like maybe that has something to do with his backstory, but I can't say that I like started to feel bad for him. Well, I think it was really telling when he talked about the pain and he talked about how he feels physical pain. Like it's not like it doesn't yeah. hurt him to do all the things that he does, but that he tolerates it. But and that he said the, something, um, the pain of loving someone you cannot have is right. Yeah, I wrote that down too. And, that's pretty remarkable, and it makes me think that he must have some self-loathing, and that helps him tolerate the physical pain of being the strong mm-hmm. man, is because he, he can't be himself, you know, and he doesn't like who he really is, because he's, he's not going to let Desiree go. That's what is so confusing mm-hmm. to me. I know this is very common, but it's confusing to see him want to like abuse her mm-hmm. to get her to stay mm-hmm. but he's promising this boy Andy he's going to put him up in an apartment and carry on like this double life and like for a second I thought that Andy reciprocated the feelings right. but then he's like this is just work and I want you to know it's just work so I was like wait like for a second I thought something I was going to I feel like Andy was reciprocating you despite so? the fact that he was like when I'm here I'm working yeah. I still sort of felt like there was a little connection there Maybe. But Andy even said, like, 
you're not a lawyer, not a politician. Like you don't owe anybody. Nobody's counting on you to be straight. Like he's giving him the out. Like you yeah, don't yeah. have to hide yourself for anybody else, but you. And also Andy has to protect himself because he probably hears this kind of stuff all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this man does have a wife who's been saying he's going to leave and he's not like, how could he trust him? You know, Dell yeah. is expecting something that is literally impossible. Mm-hmm. How do you earn someone's trust when you still have a, a wife and a life that you're not willing to give up? Right. And you're still paying someone to spend time with you. Oof. Right. Which I'm like, <laughs> I'm like convinced that Andy's the cheapest hooker ever. <laughs> yeah, $20 and you can take me home. I mean, that's like, not a lot of money. I know. For one, <laughs> Even for the 50s, it's not a lot yeah. of money. <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, yeah, no, you're right. A dollar to just, like, sit and talk? I mean, for Matt Balmer? Yeah. Yeah. Come on. That's a steal. Yeah, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever. So we see that Del, we see that Desiree confronts Del. Mm -hmm. And I was really, I don't know, I was really surprised that we didn't get to see Ethel and Desiree. Talk. We didn't, we didn't get that interaction. We didn't get any interaction. But they told us about it, and Desiree's moving out. She's moving in with Ethel, and she's going to have the cosmetic surgery. Mm-hmm. Or so she thinks. She's mm-hmm. empowered. She's empowered. She's, she's a real woman. She's, she's so standing up empowered. to her man. She's doing things her way now. She can be something. She's not a freak anymore. Right. She's yeah. empowered. I think that Get it, girl. that Love little it. bit, right? <laughs> that little bit of information really like changed her character completely. Completely, it's not going to change her life. Unfortunately, unfortunately, like she wanted a baby so bad. She still can't. She's gonna get baby. it. She can't from somebody else. Mm-hmm. She, she just has to hurry up. Yeah, <laughs> eggs are expiring. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happens. Could you imagine though, like getting to I don't know how old she, her character is supposed to be, but could you imagine getting to like your late thirties, early forties, and first and finding out then that you could have a baby? Oh my god! For the first time, I like can't. that that would yeah. completely change your world. Right, mm-hmm. like possibility. Hmm. Hope. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I have none. But why? But, but she was so angry about finding out that Dell is Jimmy's dad. Yeah. And it was just, he kept just, a secret. That was why. And but they're married. She was saying that, like, you're the real freak. And it's like, because he kept the secret? Because he hid it? No, because... His daddy had the lobster mm-hmm. claws? So he's the one that has freak blood in him. Because and, it's genetic? Yeah, because yeah. he... He's the one that has freak blood in it. She just found out he's actually a family of freaks. And she just found out she's not a freak because it's just an enlarged clitoris. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm slow. So too much Essentially, the strong man isn't really being a freak if you're super strong. Mm-hmm. Right. But there is a true freak, and he's been holding it over her head that she's a freak. Right. She's real, and he's from a freak family, so... Got it. She is not the freak. But this is where, like, the gay thing for Dell sort of, like, clicked into my head as to why he was able to have a baby with Ethel. Mm. Got short hair and a beard. beard. Oh. He's oh. married to Desiree, who he thinks who has, has a like, a penis. Oh, my God. I didn't even think I mean, of it. The women that he's choosing... Have male traits. Have male traits. Oh, my. And I'm surprised that no one else... I got put that, that together in the in their world, not yeah. our world. Good, good one. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. a good catch. He didn't get the beard. Yeah, but he's also mm-hmm. like his personality, and at least the character he's developed for himself is that of like masculinity. Yeah, you know. So clearly, overcompensating. Yeah, he's definitely overcompensating. <laughs> 
And and maybe nobody, mm. because he's so strong, no one would have been like, oh, you like manly women. Yeah. <laughs> not necessarily manly. They just have male things. Yeah. Men things. Manish. Manish. Yeah. Manish. Mm-hmm. Um, stepping out in his manhood tonight. Dandy, I'm like twisted in these wires like an octopus. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> uh, Dandy, we see him getting ready for a night on the town, and he's doing these. He's working out in his undies and rubbing oil all over his body. <laughs> Is this the first time we heard inner dialogue from Dandy? Yeah, I okay. believe so. Um, yeah. Yeah. Do you think that means something? I don't know. I mean, it sort of reminded me a lot of that movie with uh, Christian Bale, American Psycho. Yeah. Uh, the beginning of that movie mm-hmm. where he's like and getting he's, ready yes. and he's working out. He's and pumping he's, up and looking in the mirror and mm-hmm. stuff. Talking about how he like doesn't put alcohol in his face because it ages you and stuff like that. That was American Psycho, not uh, American Horror Story. Um, and it, this sort of like this correlation of the, the serial killer's inner world and how they perceive themselves I thought was very interesting because he mm-hmm. said some really interesting things about himself that he was perfection he was he wasn't like the clown the clown was put into his life to show him to the show way. him the way but he's perfect and he feels nothing remember feels when nothing. Dora begged for her life and I felt nothing felt nothing so we know that he's a sociopath in his mm-hmm. own words totally yeah. insane but he also I thought was interesting when he said I'm gonna be the US Steel of murder and I actually had to look up US Steel because I was like oh, oh you looked that detail. was a big company right and there really was not, no information there other than it's a big ass steel company but if you <laughs> okay. just put it into context that like that would have been one of the biggest behemoth companies at the time mm. that you wouldn't have messed with it's US Steel so I was putting it together that like he would be literally the biggest baddest thing that ever happened to murder mm. we learned a lot about him in this episode too <laughs> yeah, um, I, I don't just... know if you guys are ready to jump to that yet, yeah, but, yeah. Um, the fact that we just found out that he is the child of incest he his mom well <laughs> said that affluent families uh-huh. sleep with each other so that they don't risk money leaving the family. Mm-hmm. This isn't necessarily new information to the world in general. But, Maybe um, new information to American Horror Story, like the this world of American Horror Story to us about the character, but it's, it's something that's happened... Forever. Forever. And I mean, the wealthy look, families had, a lot of times there'd be kids with a severe, not anemia, what is it when you have uh, the internal bleeding? Oh. Where the, like the sickly yeah. child that can't go play because if they fall, they'll mm. start bleeding and mm-hmm. hemorrhaging because of inbreeding. Yeah. She even says um, that it's a their mental honor. perversions mm-hmm. run in their family mm-hmm. due to inbreeding and that it becomes a rite of passage to have a psychotic in the family. Yes. And you just sort of deal with it. And I mean, it's something that we've seen throughout history. What did she refer to? Jack the Ripper was Jack a Windsor. Jack the Ripper was a yeah. Windsor. I love Gloria's take on everything. She's awesome. She's just like, oh, this is this is practically a compliment for well, us. Well, I mean, it's one of those things that, like, I think the English monarchy is just like one of those places where like inbreeding is so rampant still. Still, yeah. To this day, that it's like it's something that we can. You know, mirror image, and she doesn't seem terribly surprised. Her, hu- no. we know that the, her husband 
died, and we know that he killed hung. himself. Yeah. Do we know that he? I'm guessing yeah. he killed himself. But I'm guessing he killed himself he didn't, as well. They didn't yeah, quite she say. said he was. Well, I guess they said he was hanging from a tree. I guess we don't know who hanged him. Is that a juniper tree, right? Um, he said a very spe- some kind of specific, specific type of tree. tree. He said hanging lifeless from a whatever tree. It was very specific, and I couldn't whatever. write it down. Me neither. So, do we know that Andy's dad was a killer, Dandy. or he well, was just Dandy. Dandy? Dandy. She did say you're like your father, right? Yeah. So I'm assuming that means he was a killer. A too. killer. Okay. But I mean, it could just mean that they both have mental perversions, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, that was how I was taking it, but we didn't get enough information. Yeah, I so feel we like we didn't. Know. But it seems like Dandy's father was had a conscience and was unable to deal with his mm-hmm. mental issues mm-hmm. and thus offed himself as opposed to Dandy who's like thriving because of it. Yeah. He loves it. Yeah, he loves it. It makes me so happy. <laughs> uh, I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> I, th- I thought it was interesting. I don't know if we want to go there. That Talk Dandy's taking over the school bus. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he can't. He sees the this. We see him looking at the man wanted sign in the gay club. He loves it for Twisty, mm-hmm. and he's like, he he must make him feel really excited. He's so famous now, right? Yeah, because he wanted to be an actor, and he's like, this is it. I, I'm known. I'm famous. I love that his excuse for his psychotic behavior is that his mommy didn't let him be an actor and he express attention. Himself. God. So this is just a natural progression. Mm-hmm. To kill fault. people. Yeah. Interesting. Or Mrs. Mott. Interesting thought process there. I have a very polluted <laughs> brain thoughts. Tall. Um, just in general. <laughs> as you guys have noticed over the years, my brain is very polluted and I could see that jump. Personally, yeah. from yeah. like wanting to be an actor to killing people, <laughs> which I know doesn't say a lot about myself, but yes, but if you do I know can, actors, right? I, I mean, can get there. There are some people you meet on set that you're like, hmm, I'm gonna stay away from you. <laughs> well, it's the whole like wanting to be famous and wanting to be known, wanting to make you know memory uh, a lasting memory of yourself, and mm-hmm. wanting and if, to to be someone else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. You beat your own as an actor. You are some pretending to be someone so else for a living. And he, Dandy sort of did pretend he's being tonight. Yeah, he is he being is twisty. Totally there you go. He twisty. took over Twisty's personality. And, and he, his mask. Oh, God. Oh, there must be like, so there many gross like, things. Must, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Some infection. Like mold and maggots. maggots. So when Dandy goes there. into that bar, does he have his eyes set on Andy? I mean, I would if I walked into that bar. <laughs> well, but- I think he goes to that bar because his mom says that you can't just go around killing whomever you want to kill. People are going to get missed. Mm-hmm. And you can't just pick up vagrants. It's 1952, for God's sake. Yeah, but right. we'll figure something out. Um, and Oriana brought this up as did one of our Twitter followers, Carl. Um, it's sort of like one of those things that when a murderer wants to kill people, who do you go to kill? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You go to kill the people that are on the outskirts of society, society and people who are runaways or and automatically are go for serial prostitutes. killers yeah. favorite because yeah. they are usually have already run away from home. They're already missing. Their family already thinks that they're gone. You know, they don't know the difference and they're not going to be reported missing because and they're, they're easy prey. Illegal right. target too. I just like I, I get it from a, a TV show standpoint, mm-hmm. but like I don't know if I believe that 
Dandy was smart enough to figure that out. Yeah. I think he was because his mom said you can't just go around killing whomever. So he's like, I'll go kill a male prostitute. I'm going to go kill some gay guys. Or maybe he's like, I'm so rich. I can afford this $20. Like, here you go. I'll pay you a hundred. Come with me. I do agree. Like, why not a female prostitute? Like, there would have been a brothel probably down the street, like, of the same kind. He also knows the freak show exists. Why wouldn't he kill a freak? Maybe Dandy has an affinity for other beautiful things. Mm. Ooh, I like that theory. I like that, too. Also, if we're going with the freak, if we're going for the freak theme, like, we know Mm -hmm. that Dandy, you know, Dandy was attracted to Twisty. Mm-hmm. Maybe not just because he was a clown, but because he was a freak. Mm-hmm. So maybe he he likes marginalized people. It turns him on in his killing, mm-hmm. you know, for his killing Juju. I don't this know. Is so horrific. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's so sexual. Yet so sexual. Yeah, it was definitely homoerotic for sure. Yeah. Two well, guys in their underwear. Exactly. <laughs> like, why that way? Like, so why? You don't get your clothes dirty. Oh my gosh! He couldn't leave a. <laughs> That's true. That's know. true. And, and I, plus, b- easier penetration. Yeah, you don't have to worry about the other person's clothes. Yeah, and then you get a new shirt. Okay, can we just talk about the fact that Andy wasn't dead? <coughs> oh my god! He uh, stabbed him and took his arm off, and he wasn't dead yet. And he was like, I "How think, are you not dead yet? You're making me upset." Feel bad. I think Dandy is seeing that. Okay, you that's what so? I thought too. Mm. Okay, that this makes whole episode was messing sense. with our minds and what was happening and was not happening. Yeah, I totally. Think I think that's... it's his subconscious being like, "Don't do it." Well, because what he said was like, "Kill me!" Like he he end, was begging, yeah. he was begging but for I, death. That makes way more sense if it was like a hallucination, mm-hmm. like a like a heat of the of the moment, passion induced hallucination. Because there's no way he was still alive. Yeah, but there's too much. I feel like. There's been people that have been stabbed multiple times who survived. Well, Elsa with the legs. I mean, yeah, she had Elsa her legs sawed off. That's true. But you can survive uh, a stabbing. It's okay, pretty fans, easy. I would love to get your feedback yeah, on this. Yeah, this is a good one. Pega has a, I think this is a great theory between the two of you about having this a hallucination or not. What do you think? Yes, Twisty the Clown. Us. Twisty the Clown did shoot himself in the head and still lived. So I guess yeah. theoretically... Right. Theoretically, but, he could survive. Um, and this is where Oriana and Carl made the connection of how he's disposing of the body parts in like this acid, whatever it was. Very Dahmer-esque. Very Dahmer. Yes. yes. And oh, mainly because Dahmer is the only guy I really know about that is famous for the way he handled the body and the mm-hmm. body parts. But whether it is a throw, you know, a throw back to Dahmer, I don't know. But that was the first thing I thought. I didn't even catch that. Or, like, maybe he's going to save... I'm obsessed with serial killers. And if he's a serial killer, like, normally serial killers save something. Like, a trophy of Mm -hmm. some kind. So, like, I'm curious what he saved of Andy. Well, it looked like he came home just in his undies. Covered in blood. That was so freaky. Because it was the split screen of Regina, and then it goes away, and he's standing there. And he's, he's in, like... He's in a severely psychotic state. Yeah. You know what I mean? He's not like, oh, just took a shower and came home. Like, he's he's like on another high. level. Yeah. <laughs> he's high. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he walked home it. like that, and it was broad daylight. Yeah. A lot of people could have seen him. That's true. That is true. It. I didn't think about that. He could be... He just Ubered at home. Nobody... <laughs> <laughs> Do we think because he kept Twisty's mouth, it could be, like, his head... Or do we th- like? Do we think there's going to be, you know, if he is keeping the trophies? Okay, so I had this. This is a really silly idea, mm. but I was just thinking it was weird that Andy is 
is dandy without the D. Mm-hmm. And I was kind of thinking, like, me and wonder if he saves his wiener. For, just to save his D. His D. Become, yeah. 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 Andy, dandy, D. I don't know. I just was like, why name Andy and dandy? There's something there, yeah. but I don't know what it is. All I know is that there's a sexy. missing D. <laughs> 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 oh, uh, sexy. <laughs> save the wiener. <laughs> <laughs> well, Gloria, this week um, was epic as ever. Amazing, amazing. She's disposing of the body of of Dora's body. Is that, is that her name? Yeah, Dora. Dora the Explorer. I like when like the the, the workers came in and she's like, "You gotta dig deeper. These bulbs are from Holland." It's like, well, I mean, wow. she's pretty smart of of her way of trying to to clean up Dandy's mess. It's like something that she's had to do his entire life, mm-hmm. um, and pretty clever to get some, you know, just like whatever workers to dig a hole for yeah. you. But it's so not her first rodeo with this. If Apparently she not. Did this with her husband. I mean, girl knows what she's doing. Right. Yeah. They go deeper than twelve feet, which is. Impressive. Very impressive. And I have to say, the theory that Dora's going to fertilize these bulbs, I'm like, it's a little deep. I feel like, I don't know if her (laughs) her essence is really going to rise to the surface. That's Dandy's, you know, justification of burying her in the backyard and like having her dead and stuff like that. He's a crazy person, but I love him. I feel like Gloria, for the first time, is starting to examine herself and her mothering. Yeah. Do you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like she's finally starting to kind of go, Oh my God, what have I done? Like, have I, wait, does this have anything to do with me? Yeah. Well, do you think it's like one of those things that all parents sort of growth go through? Like Absolutely. once their children are a certain age and they start making decisions that they necessarily wouldn't be making for their children, mm-hmm. they start to blame themselves for the decisions their children's, Yeah, like, where did I go wrong? Where did I go wrong? What did I do? But I feel like in this case, Gloria, who says to Regina, we got introduced to Gabrielle. Gabrielle. Someone said Thanks. Um, To Regina Ross, Dora's daughter, who's at the Barbizon School for Secretaries, Um, which I think is amazing. (laughs) (laughs) That hair, I love that. That hair Mm -hmm. and that suit. Yeah. Oh my god, so great. That was a really great scene. Um, where she discusses with Regina that, cause I guess Regina and Dandy grew up together mm-hmm. in a way and they played and she asks if you were around or I was around or whatever. You, she asked, what are your remembrances of me as her mother? <laughs> <laughs> I love the way she speaks. I, I can't with her. I'm obsessed. Um, someone else talk. So the whole point is that Regina Ross says, well, I don't really remember you at all being around. It was all the yeah. nannies. And we, she, you always had a different nanny because Dandy was always biting them and they were quitting. Mm-hmm. And then she just recalls the one time he ever called out to her was when he had a terrible fever. And he, she sent in the governess and he never cried out for her again. But he's calling for her now, sort of, in a way. And do you think this is her way of trying to connect with him and try to mm-hmm. be a better mother to him? Yeah, that makes sense after all these years, like just trying to step in finally. It would explain her desperate attempts of giving him whatever he wants because of her guilt. Yeah, like Mm -hmm. the lavish birthday parties and... Trying to make him happy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I love the line um, Gabrielle Sidibay's character said, you know, like, this is making me really uncomfortable. (laughs) Okay, so I have to make a note. Gabrielle Sidibay is always playing herself a little bit. Like, this character, I was hoping, was going to be a little bit of a departure. Like, maybe she might be demure. Maybe she might be polite. Nope. 
Like, same old, like, big mouth, like, brash. Tell my mother to call me. I'm like, would she really talk like that to your mother's employer? Like, it's... Yeah. I don't... You know, as an African-American in this time period, it just seems really unlikely. But then again, it's... But Patti LaBelle was kind of outspoken herself. And she spoke to Dandy in a very brash way. Yeah, but she wouldn't speak to Gloria that way, I don't think. Right. I don't know. I don't know. Well, we may never know. I am not black mm-hmm. in the 50s. Yeah. So I don't know. In a yeah. freak show. <laughs> so fans, <laughs> what, are, what are your yeah, thoughts? Yeah, what of, do you think about of how uh, Regina reacted towards Gloria? Gloria. Yeah. Or the way she spoke to her. Was it appropriate? Was it not appropriate? But she's also she's also worried about her mom. So well, yes. how would you react if you know your mom didn't call? You have a weekly phone call with your mom, mm-hmm. and she's made it every single time. And now one time she's not there, like you're be a little scared. You know, maybe she's thinking she was fired, let go, whatever. She didn't act like it. She's pissed. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, she didn't act like it. I love how Gloria goes. She's going to be you know indisposed for at for, least a month. Yeah, for a yeah. month. What like, does that buy you? Yeah, exactly. What she is- can think of something to tell her, I think. At least in a month, she can be like, oh, I let her go. Yeah. It's not a problem anymore. You can say that today. You can say that today. Oh, she ran away. Like, it just seems like a better excuse. Right? I think she was caught off guard. She was. Yeah. yeah. Well, so when, we'll see what happens. When the doorbell rang, and I won't say who was at the door, oh, but yeah, I, I did expect it to be... Gabrielle Sidibe's character. I thought she was gonna. I thought she was the one at the door to be like, "Where's my mom?" Right. Mm. But I was surprised. Yeah. That it was Ms. Elza. I can't believe it. So devious. I have so something for you. Devious. I have something that you want. Oh yeah. I loved this episode. It was so good. Yeah. I Is there agree. anything else that needs to be discussed? Well, <laughs> just the final beat that you know, Bet and Dot are now. Yeah, something's about to happen. Or something isn't about to Ugh. happen. You never know I with know. this show. We never know. It can go in any way possible. It really could. So let's it's... jump into news and gossip. I know you guys have things. I know you guys have things. Um... Well, I'll just say first off that I did Talk tweet that link of the Entertainment Weekly interview in mm-hmm. which Ryan Murphy admits that all of the episodes, I'm sorry, all the seasons are linked. Okay. So yes. if you guys are looking for it, you can check Wait. my Twitter feed. And fans also have started to speculate about season five. I mean, we're not even halfway through this season. I mean, we sort of are, but not even halfway through. And people are already speculating about next season because of the hint that Ryan Murphy gave with the top hat, which appears a total of three times so far this season. It appeared on a coffee cup that was handed to... Esmeralda, it appeared in the diner on the menu, and it appeared, um, there was the one... The assistant in the toy shop. The assistant in the toy shop also had a coffee cup. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so people are out there, and they're thinking um, about things. I don't know. Theories? They have their theories. Do you have the Operation Top Hat? Yes. I do, so why don't you talk about it? Um, so the prevalent theory right now um, that I'm reading online is that uh, it might be set around the uh, 1953 when Operation Top Hat was a secret U.S. Army exercise for the Chemical Corps. Uh, this involved people being purposefully exposed to dangerous contaminants and experiments for biological and chemical welfare. Warfare, excuse me. 
Wow. It, it does also go on to say that the, the chemicals, the main chemical that they were um, exposed to during Operation Top Hat was mustard gas, which really doesn't do much to you generally. Um, it can cause some like... It's uh, nerve gas. It can it kill you. It is nerve gas. Yeah. It can kill you, yes. Um, but it was one of the... That was the most extreme of the things that happened. My thing with this theory, I don't know how you guys feel, is that it takes place at the same time that this mm-hmm. season takes yeah, place which in. seems yeah. really unlikely. Which seems very unlikely. That's I, true. I see it, though. I see, like, an Area 51, like, yeah. Hills Have Eyes mutated, okay. really freaky setting. Because Ryan Murphy did say it takes place in the U.S. Mm-hmm. It isn't in space, in space. that people are thinking about. It's <laughs> going to be in the United States. And there's another little sign with the mushroom clouds behind Jimmy in one scene, too. Oh. Mm-hmm. I saw that somewhere. So maybe we will have some Maybe we'll go back a little yeah. further. Maybe like 40s or yeah. like 30s when they were testing nuclear yeah, bombs yes. and stuff like that out in Las Vegas. He said it's the top hat is very purposeful and it illuminates something that you'll be like, oh, you dirty bastard. We can say that here. So I wasn't. It, mine's all start out. So Mine I just didn't too. know <laughs> what the word was. Um, I just assumed so bastard. If yeah. he is giving us a top hat clue yeah. this early. There's no way Operation Top Hat. So there's no way the first guess that people online yeah. are saying no. is no, no, no. So oh, there's a top out. With us. What no. was there was one more besides aliens? Did you do you have the other oh, one? No, I don't. The other one was is that people are thinking that it might take place in Atlantic City in the 1920s, um, saying that the top hat is a reference to Mr. Monopoly, um, Mr. Moneybags. I guess is his name, um, and it would like go into like the seedy underground corrupt. Boardwalk World. Empire-esque. Mm-hmm. Boardwalk Ooh, Empire-esque of Atlantic like City. Um, and it would also include the Jersey Devil, which would, was featured in season three oh. of Coven. To connect them. To connect them. More. So, Interesting. I mean, there's <sighs> things out there. We want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, it's going to just take place in a top hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. A giant top hat. Well, top hat. Magic. Edward I mean, that's I know. the only right? thing that I think of is magic, but it can't be magic because we already did magic. Right. Unless it's starring Neil Patrick Harris as the magician because <laughs> he is we, a magician. He is a magician. I yes. that. Who's coming up soon, hopefully. Maybe it's just, yeah, magic castle uh, inspired. <laughs> <laughs> let's jump into predictions. I feel like we're there already, but let's jump in. <laughs> So let's do some predictions for next episode, and if you have any with the top hat clue, Mariana. Okay, um, we saw the previews, mm-hmm. so that's what's kind of illuminating my predictions. But I think that Bet and Dot might actually enjoy being doted on by Dandy. Um, I think Dandy really wants to have a friend, a love. He wants anybody, right? Um, and this might be the, they might be safe from him, at least from his murderous tendencies. He seems like the kind of guy that would go out and kill and bring back, like almost to show kind of like twisty was like, mm-hmm. look what I did. Not that the girls would appreciate that. Um, but I think they deserve, I think they feel deserving of love and it hasn't happened for them. And so it, this might be a way in which it, it does happen for them. I don't know. We're going to get a threesome. Yeah. yeah. I mean, dot has to lighten up. 
but we'll see. Yeah. What, we'll see what happens. And as far as top, I'm not good with theories. Like I feel like whatever we guess is wrong, so there's mm-hmm. no point. Like it's just we're never gonna get it, people. But when I think of top hat, I do think of old timey. I think probably turn of the century, um, you know, or like you said, 20s, like Charlie Chaplin type thing. Mm-hmm. I would love that. That's mm-hmm. it. Okay. So I want to go back to the seamstress theory that we okay. discussed a little earlier. I don't know if yes. it's going to be next episode or not, but I don't know if. Dot is going to be the one to kill Bet, or the other way around. Um, I don't remember who wants to kill who. Um, I think El- <laughs> they've each had their turn. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like Elsa's fear of them taking over as her as the headliner, as the younger, sexier act. You know, if there's only one of them, they're not special anymore. So if she mm. can kill them before they become more famous than her, or rid of one of them, I think uh, she's going to try to save herself. Hmm. Interesting. Any theories on the top hat? Hmm. Um, I got. I, I feel like Ryan Murphy is going to write down every single theory he finds online and then find a different one. Yeah. So the more we speculate, yeah. the more fuel we're giving him to not do what we think. Good totally point. agree with that. Good point. He's gonna or he's gonna put them all in a top hat and pick out what he thinks. <laughs> hey, I like be. that. We'll say you dirty bastard. <laughs> The jerk. <laughs> um, I think Bet and Dot are going to go over to Dandy's. Mm-hmm. He'll play nice with them for a little bit, and then he's going to get bored like he normally does. Mm. And then he's going to be the one that saws them apart. Ooh, I like that. Ooh, I, I don't know. Like that I like too. that a lot. Like you guys are boring me. I gotta like get his killing or whatever like murderous thing out, but like. Ooh, or them. one of them will, yeah, they'll use his murderous tendencies to get separated. I love that. Yeah. Yes. Hmm. I love that too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you guys on that completely. Um, as far as the top hat goes, I have no predictions because my prediction from last season to this season was that it was going to be Area 51 ish. Um, and then I thought, you know, of. Uh, like the communist scare, like the red scare in mm-hmm. the United States. So mm-hmm. I'm sort of like, I'm lost. It's so hard to try, try and predict like yeah. what could connect them now, now that we know that they're yeah. all connected. And like, not to mention after when I was at the so premiere hard. interviewing everyone, I mean, everyone over and over again repeats like the crazy and wild world that's in Ryan Murphy's head. Like nobody understands it. Nobody. Right. Can, so I'm like, why would we even guess? Because yeah. the people that work with him think he's insane. He's a crazy genius. Mm-hmm. But the stuff that he comes up with is and just. They don't oh, even know no. where he's going yeah. for the next season. Which I love. So it's like, yeah. they don't even know what's going on in this own season. Yeah. Right. So it's sort of like, how can we even try and speculate? But I feel like the 1920s would be really interesting to to go into. I kind of like that world, and I think it would be sexy and dirty and dark. Yeah, there'd be lots of drinking. (laughs) I don't know. I like it. Well, that's our show. Where can everybody find you, lovely, gorgeous, talented people? You can find me on Twitter at Miss Oriana Leo or Instagram at Oriana Leo. Find me on YouTube. I have some vlogs on running errands in Hollywood. It's youtube.com forward slash the Oriana Leo. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at uh, Jeff underscore Therm and uh, on tomorrow night, Hell's Kitchen podcast. Mm. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Pegarad. And also I host the Forever After Show on Tuesdays. 
I love that show. Yeah. Um, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at you can call me Skiff. Thank you, Jeff and Pega, for joining Thanks us. Thanks for having yeah. us. Great. From everyone here at the AfterBuzz TV studios, we will see you next week. Bye. Bye. Executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff. We would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other after shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. The views expressed herein are those of the host only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.